0: hey well, welcome to the grace podcast i'm super excited for this episode we've got mark and christine von Straten. Uh, if you were watched our sunday service you would have seen an interview with them they're the founding pastors of grace family church uh, planted grace 30 years ago we're leading a church before that for 10 years so been in ministry for 40 years um, and uh, what does that make you? Fifty, eh? No. Yeah, really. <laughs> um And just, just a wealth of wisdom and experience, um, being through good times, being through bad times, ups and downs. Um, and you may or may not be familiar with the story. But I'm I just so glad that we got to chat because today what I really want to uh, ask you is what does it mean to leave a legacy? What does it mean to finish well? Um, unfortunately, it doesn't take long to think of a good couple of names. That haven't finished well. Even in the Bible, we see characters like Saul, you know, starting out so well and yet finishing badly. Um, You guys, you still love the church, you still love one another, (laughs) you still love Jesus. Um, How how did you get there? You know, what what advice would you give to someone starting out or younger to last to finish well?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Thomas. And um, you know, I don't think I, I haven't written the book yet. On five steps to finish well. <laughs> you know, I must say this. I, 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 don't know about Christine, but in my mind, we never set out to leave a legacy. You know, I think we we set out to do what we felt God called us to do. Mm. Um, I think one of the, maybe one of the advantages that I've had um, is that I'm a five on the Enneagram. Which, if you mean, if that means anything, it basically means that. Um, I'm kind of in my head a lot of the time and I I think things through quite, quite, quite seriously. But the reason why I use that is because I think for for us, the main objective for us was was a sense of call and a sense of mission and a sense of character. You know, one of the gifts that I was given, which I, I think, sadly, too few people are given this gift is that I, I grew up in a very stable, well-adjusted home. Mm. You know, I was listening to a, a, a talk the other day about um, being, being coached and, and coaching, and this person kept referring to people's parents, mm. you know, and, and the kind of sometimes the 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 hangover of, of not necessarily being parented well. Uh, Christine, less so than me, maybe. I, I mean, she can talk for her own self, but I, I think I was parented so well that, that that for me, when I think of these other, you know, you refer to people who haven't finished well and who've done way more stuff than, than Christina I've ever done. Um, I, I have no idea what, what some of their, their, their fuel is. Mm. But for me, my fuel has always tried to be about a relationship with God, a sense of calling and... Um, and that's really, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about. Mm. But I'd, I
0: love that. I think, you know. for me, um, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges for, for, for younger generation, and they talk particularly around the millennial generation, is this idea of identity, you know. Yeah. And I think what you're saying there is, in some ways, just by virtue of the home in which you were brought up, you had a head start. Um, maybe not financially or whatever, you know, what school you went to, but certainly um, in knowing who you are. And I think so much of when things haven't ended well, whether that's in business or church or whatever that looks, it has come out of that place of deficit because you're searching for something to fill a hole that was never there. And so in some ways you say you didn't have a perfect upbringing, but that gave you an advantage in a sense of knowing who you were and why you were, you know. Uh, Without doubt.
1: I uh, I think that, um, listen, I never had a perfect home. Yeah. You know, but but I knew that that at home was a very very safe place for me, yeah. you know. And and, it, and I do think, and even still, having said that, there, there's no doubt that that um, you know when I went to, when I started the church in Mpumalanga, I was 24, and and I always say it tells a great story, but but it's not the right way to do it, mm. because there there was a hangover of that, and and I had an ambition, you know, I wanted to have the biggest church in South Africa by the age of 30, mm. so not not. I'm not totally pure. (laughs) You know, I'm very competitive uh, and I'm very ambitious. But I do think that my father was a um, a great centering person. He always would tell me, be careful, my boy. Be careful, my boy. Be careful, my boy. And I got irritated with that, you know, especially when... When you, in your own mind, you've you've got some traction. I mean, our church in Mpangeni we started with 18 people. The next weekend we had 180. Sure. We're not talking about a city. We're talking about a little town. And and I thought the man of God had arrived in Impangani <laughs> You know. <laughs> and next Sunday they were 50 again. But. <laughs> but but the point I'm making is that I think. I think that you you really need to to come to terms with who you are and what you are. And and for me, I. I one of the other, in I'll let you talk, my love, but I think one of the things I became very clear about was my talent. I, I really define myself as average. You know, my, 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 my parents wanted me to be above average at school. So if, if, if the average, the class for maths was 62, all I had to do was 63, <laughs> not 80. <laughs> and I think for me, the the idea of being faithful to to my talent, I, I, I don't try and pretend to be... I mean, I wanted to be.
0: I remember you preaching that once um, yeah. in the early days around the, the the story of the talents. Yeah. And, you know, some people are given one, some two, some three. It's not really about how much you're given. It's about what you do with what you're given. Yes. And I think a lot of people end up wasting their time comparing, well, how come I got one and he got three? Um, but the story is not about who got what. It's about what they did with their, with their talent. And I think you were right from the beginning, said, I'm going to hire people who are smarter than me, who have higher talent than me, because I know where, where my capacity is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Christine I know as Mark speaks about knowing who you are, um, why you are, there was a, a season in the, in the life of the church where you kind of felt like you didn't know who you were or you lost that sense of identity. Talk us through some of that.
2: Yeah, I think <clears throat> my childhood was a little different. My, my mother was a, a wonderful person in my life. I was one of four children and my older sister and my younger brother were naturally compatible with my dad. Whereas myself and my the, the next brother, weren't, and it's quite interesting. We're the two that went into ministry, sure. And we were like poetical, philosophical, soul people, and the other two were career orientated, like business people. So looking back as an adult, I can see the 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 miss. You know, mm. we we my brother and I missed it with my dad, but the effect was not good. Mm. So my my inner sense of I was worthy of love was definitely in deficit because of the, mm. the miss that I had with my dad emotionally and how I didn't get from him what I wanted. He didn't know how to, how to give it. So mm. um, I think that for me was, caused problems along the way in terms of you want to talk about a heritage or a legacy. I think my, a lot of my story that really blesses people is how I broke. And um, I had this um, four years into our church plant here at Grace Family Church in Durban, I experienced a a clinical depression. And um, it took me a long time to work my way out of that. And I think if I leave something behind that is to be admired, it would be how Marcus described he saw me fight for my mental health and how I did anything and everything to get better. Mm. And so I, I always saw myself as a, as a bird that flew, but with a broken wing. Mm. And I don't know whether that's correct or not. I'm a nine on the Enneagram, so I'm a very compliant, peace-loving um, person who just wants to make everybody around me feel grand. Mm.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> but the danger of the nine is that they can put everyone else's needs ahead of their own and then become resentful.
2: Yeah, well, I became depressed.
0: (laughs) Which is internal resentfulness. Oh, it's definitely suppressed (laughs) anger, without a doubt.
2: (laughs) But yeah, so um, like Mark said, I've never lived my life uh, thinking I want to leave a legacy. I think, uh, um, as you've just asked the question, I haven't had much time to give it thought, but you have to strive to to truly be yourself Mm. and to be realistic about who who you are and comfortable with who you are. So I've never been a visionary and a future-looking person and a driven person like my husband. But I've been happy to tuck in, in a sense, behind it because that really is the way I'm wired. Yeah. That's where I'm happiest. Mm. I have a beautiful gift that God has given me of music and worship, and and I've just flowed in that. Mm. And it's, for me, it's been a natural, uncomplicated thing. Mm. So I haven't allowed myself, and I never was pushed by our church environment yeah. to be a something certain not, way yeah. as a pastor's wife you know mm. you make the announcements and you also you preach, the women's ministry you lead the <laughs> women's ministry and and you definitely dress really you're nicely you're a proper
0: steady
2: one woman yeah 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 <laughs> and so i i successfully i think avoided being pushed into something that I, it wasn't who i was and i think that whoever you are and whatever your life is, if, it, if it's a legacy that you're going to leave behind for your children or for, your, for whatever environment in which you function and are influential, that is the gift, I think, to be comfortable in your own sin, to be, to be sincere. Um, and, and I suppose, in a way, it, I mean, I'm not saying this is what I am, but I've seen this in Mark, a kind of a humility where you don't think of yourself more than what you actually are.
0: And there's a scripture around that.
2: Yeah, like there's a realism and that you're grateful to God for who you are. So, uh, I mean, I wanted to say this at some point and maybe this is the little open door for me because I'm not a a, a person who takes the floor. (laughs) and holds the conversation, especially in our family. I tend to be making the coffee while the vicious and vigorous conversations are happening.
0: First time I had dinner with your family, I thought there was a fight. I'm just like, that's just a normal conversation.
2: (laughs) Heated and opinionated and looking for a chance to say something. Anyway, so the point I'm making is that I wanted to say that I think for Mark, um, as I've witnessed his life now for 42 years, we've been married it only 42 43 uh, 43
0: flowers when you're having fun.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah I think the thing I've seen in Mark is, is he's had such integrity in terms of where he positions himself and where he's positioned his calling and his responsibility toward the church to the point where now at this end of life he sometimes looks back and regrets mm. how he put the church first mm. but I remember Jim Collins talking about a number 10 leader who puts the organization ahead of their own mm. staff. And I really feel like Mark did that over the years, that he was always honest, he was always transparent and very respectful of, of others that he worked with. Um, and so I, I think that, that that thread and that will will run through Grace Family Church. And it's not because we said, what can we do mm. to leave a legacy? We, we were true to God and true to ourselves and true to our calling. And it's quite simple, really. Yeah,
0: I love that. It's almost like the legacy is the byproduct. You yeah. know, you guys have said we didn't start out with that. We were yeah. started out to be obedient and faithful, but as a result. And I think just a couple of things I'd love to draw out of that. Um, the first is thanks for the Enneagram plug. Um, <laughs> if you haven't done the Enneagram, really encourage. It's just a great tool. I think what's great about it is that it's not like it's not just about your strength, it's also about what those strengths look like unredeemed. And I know it's been super helpful for Jess and I in our marriage, um, leading teams it has been incredible because it does show you both the, 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 the light and the dark side of where yeah. that can go, you know. But I think a big thing is um, run in your lane, you yeah. know. Um, just run in your lane because, mm. you know, you weren't wired to be the visionary mm. and Mark certainly wasn't wired to be the worship leader. Um, That's thank for God, sure. <laughs> um, you know. But 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 learning, and I think sometimes that takes time. I, I know for Jess, and 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 um, I remember someone saying, you know, it takes. Uh, she's not going to be the person you, you said. She's not going to be the person you're married to later, because we change. We more than sometimes it takes time to find out what your lane looks like and who you are. It but does. if you're faithful in that, it's almost like God will multiply. And the other thing I think Christine um, that you said was was so powerful is. In many ways, it's been your weakness and your pain mm. that's actually left the biggest legacy. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a Rick Warren uh, talk the other day, uh, and he was talking about the same thing, finishing well. And he, he had the comment about you know, social media, and he says, you know, social media, the guys are using it all wrong. And he says, you know, uh, it's a great tool, but people are, he says, you can't help people with your success you can help people through your weakness, through Mm, your pain. And and that really stuck out to me because I think so much of what we see on social media is people's success. Look at me, look how well I'm doing. And that can bring some level of inspiration, but I think most of the time, we connect with people through their weakness. Mm. Um, And I think if we can um, help people by sharing, hey, I'm also struggling. Hey, I'm also going through this. Hey, this is not all roses Mm. and and, and it's tough. Uh, I think that's where we actually build Mm. a real influence and that's Mm. where we leave a legacy. And I think your vulnerability and sharing some of your own dark moments has probably been far more helpful than you sharing the highlights. Reel, you know, um.
2: you know, one of the things I learned in the year that I was in the therapy because I wasn't coming out of this thing on my own. And I'll never forget the day she said to me, you know, Christine, the closer who you really are is with the role that you play in life. The closer those things are to each other, the better your mental health. Mm. And I think before the burnout, I was trying to fill a role who that wasn't really who I am. Yeah
0: that gap between the the private and the public
2: yes and and who you think you should be and who the world is saying you should be and 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 yeah it 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 takes time to figure that out what lane to run in and at what pace to run Mm. it's another one so so yeah I think self-awareness and for our generation we're in our 60s now back in the day I mean, you didn't go for counseling yeah, as okay. pastors. You know, you, 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 you were victorious and you were the ones who knew counselor. what was going on. Yeah, you, know, you were the one giving counseling. And so I think the, the, the introspectiveness and the self-awareness and learning to reflect on what's going on in your inner world, it came to us later. That's why I burnt out, because I didn't know how to do that. Mm. So I think that's crucial but I mean, your generation, I think, have a lot more tools. I
1: think, just from a, another change in gears a little bit. Um, one thing it was clear for me about this legacy thing, and we, and we can move on then, is that I always felt that I wanted to leave an inheritance. Was the word? There's a scripture in the Proverbs that yeah. says, "Leave an inheritance to your children, to your children's children." So that was always a factor in my head. And also in terms of the church, you know, I'd seen, I'd seen others who. Um, have, have done what we've done, but they they get to an, a stage where they don't have the energy, they don't have the drive, they don't have the that spark anymore. But they hold on for a sense of identity and security because you know? they
0: don't know who they are if they're not doing that thing. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. and even even still, that is something I'm dealing with, yeah. you know, because that I'm not doing that thing anymore. Yeah. And that, but I was very clear in my own head that, you know, you hear sportsmen saying, you know, I'm leaving on my own terms. Yeah. And there's something wise about that because it, it's, it's horrible to go out and the last thing people remember of you is that you hung on too long. Yeah. You know I mean? that horrible
0: line from Andy Stanley: "You're not remembered by your final hour, by your finest hour, by but by your final hour." Exactly. And that's it's it's true, but it's so harsh.
1: Yeah. Well, it's harsh. You know, like, like a lot of truth, it's it's really easy to speak about. It's hard yeah. to live. But for me, the gift that I realized we could have is that grace flourishes yeah. in our absence. You know, and that's why. So that's just from the legacy point of view. The the, the legacy that in my yeah, mind there was there was an inheritance.
0: There was always an inheritance. In you
1: know, mind. I mean, I know churches that got too big, and the guy stayed on too long, and they got too small. Yeah. And then and it's still small. And you've got buildings this size somewhere, all around the world, with a couple of hundred people who are still hanging in with the seventy-year-old guy who started
0: it. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. That's super helpful. And I think this is not obviously your guys' context and my context is church world, but I think that these principles apply. You know, and I think. When you look at you know whether it's a moral failure or an ego failure or whatever that is, um, I think that line you said you know when your public persona and your private persona when the gap between those two things gets too big, it's just a recipe for for disaster. And I think it's this wholeness and this integration. So, mm. final words um, as we kind of wrap the podcast up. Um, we're talking about you know thirty years of of faithfulness, thirty years of God's intervention. Uh, just sort of words of wisdom around finishing well, leaving a legacy, keeping your heart pure, maybe even just a relationship. You're still married, you still um, talk to each other, which is amazing. Well, I think, Tom,
1: <laughs> you know what, um, you can maybe recap your five points that you finished the other Sunday from Richard Raw. you know, life is hard, it's not <laughs> fair, and all those yeah. things, you know what I mean? Uh, there's no doubt, I mean, Christine and I, we've had a hard marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been right, she's been wrong. <laughs> And it's taken me nearly forty three years and I still haven't persuaded to her. That that's not so perceived. what are you saying to me is hang on because
0: at one stage she would is that what you No, Keep going? No, no. no that's, what going. That's, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what
1: keeps us going. That's what keeps us going. No, I I just think that I remember my a friend saying to me that self pity is the devil's babysitter, you mm. know. And I think we, we live in a world today where where we seek to be a victim. Mm. There's always a reason why I never got the prize, or I never got to the place, and 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 I'm talking like a real old 64 year old
0: dude now. No, that victim mentality is strong across the generation. And
1: and I just think to yourself, you know what? We always have a choice. Mm. You know, it's the stuff that you're preaching on. Yeah. It's the view that you're taking. You you get to choose the view, and and I can tell you now that I've had the wrong view about a lot of things, a lot of my life. But I think if, if if the one thing that, that, that I, I will always come back to, and that is I have responsibility for the things I can control. Yeah. And I think there's so much that I can't control. And and, and COVID talks about that stuff, about your yeah. circle of influence and your circle of the concern. Stoics, you know,
0: focus on what you can control.
1: Focus on what you can control, you know, yeah. and, and build your life onto that. And, yeah. and you will go the distance. But if you're always looking for the quick way out or... You, you're going to have six or seven in, in a career, you're going to have maybe five or six exponential moments. Mm. You know, where, where, where everything changes. But most of life… It's just step by step. It's the next step. And yeah. we hate that. The 20 mile march. Yeah. We don't want yeah. that. We want the quick, we want it every day, the miraculous. Well, good luck, brother. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. So yeah. that, that's my final words. Take ownership of your own life. Yeah, I can't cool. control Christine, even in her depression. We, we worked through that stuff. I felt responsible and all that kind of stuff. Her counselor said to her, you can't blame the church and you can't blame your husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what are we going to do to fix it? Yeah,
0: it's mm. good. I love it, guys. I love it. I think um, we started a conversation around what does it mean to leave a legacy? What does it mean to finish well? And I think the bottom line is um, it's actually just about focusing on the next step and just being obedient and faithful in that thing. And in some ways, leave the legacy and the thing up to God because He's going to do that if we're faithful in the small things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so thank you guys for just sharing your time with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Stay tuned, subscribe, like uh, for more interviews like this that hopefully can help you in your day-to-day life and your faith. Uh, If you missed the message on Sunday, catch up. And uh, we'll see you next time.